section twenty six masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain the negro's part in the redemption of africa by levi j coppin bishop a m e church the land once lying in darkness but now fast coming to the light is claiming the best thought and the best energies of the civilized world africa on account of a lack of coast indentations has been the last among the continents to be penetrated by the beneficent influence of commerce and this largely accounts for that long obscurity during which it was given the name the dark continent its situation beneath the line of the equator has had also something to do with staying the onward march of civilization from without the world learned first to think only of the enervating influence of a torrid sun upon the inhabitants of the great continent and this was not inviting to immigration nations have reached their highest and best development not by isolation but by taking advantage of whatever of good they found among others but as the years and centuries have passed it has dawned upon the world that africa enjoys the unique distinction of occupying a place in three zones and hence offering the largest variety of climatic influences that are favourable to life and health abounding in mineral wealth with millions of acres suitable for agriculture and with immense forests of valuable wood with palm oil ivory and other desirable products africa is now being sought by the world's capital and is giving rich rewards to combined capital and labour but what of her peoples when as a christian church we speak of the redemption of africa we do not refer to her material resources chiefly though these are a means to an end the one supreme thought with us is how the millions of her inhabitants may be reached by the light of the gospel and saved in their isolated condition the people have for long centuries become the victims of customs and habits not in keeping with the better life which is the result only of christian civilization the customs and habits formed and fixed by centuries cannot be thoroughly changed by a few years of effort the success already attained by a missionary enterprise in africa is not to be measured by the years of effort it has cost nor by the amount of money expended missionary records from other fields will fully justify this statement in all such work we may expect to have the exemplification of nature's course first the blade then the ear after that the full corn in the ear one hundred and sixty-six years have passed since the moravians as pioneer protestant missionaries began work on the gold coast from seventeen thirty six to eighteen thirty two much effort was expended by a number of societies on the west coast during which more or less progress was made accompanied with no little sacrifice and a large death-roll of missionaries but at this time the missionary field is no longer confined to any particular section of africa the missionary has followed in the wake of the explorer and planted his stations in south africa the work is most hopeful in west africa the foothold is permanent 
in central africa the work proceeds and is not likely to stop until every tribe shall read the story of the cross in his own dialect those missionaries who have studied the native tongues of which there are many and translated the bible in the vernacular of various tribes have done a work that is of inestimable value the difficulty of language is after all the greatest obstacle in evangelistic progress in africa if there were but one tongue to contend with the work of the missionary would be comparatively easy but there are many tongues in my own district in south africa we have the bible in three native dialects namely the zulu bakana and the so-called kafir besides these we have the dutch as well as the english bible so much has been accomplished by missionaries and at so great a sacrifice that it seems quite out of place to suggest a criticism or complaint and yet all the christian workers should be ready to receive any suggestion that would help them to achieve better results in carrying the gospel to an unenlightened people there is a strong temptation to emphasize unduly the commercial element that very naturally accompanies it civilization and evangelization must go hand in hand but the greater importance should always be given to the work of evangelization in our highest civilization are to be found objectionable and hurtful elements and these are likely to be the first to intrude themselves upon an unsuspecting people it is ever to be regretted that the civilization that opened the way for the missionary also gave an opportunity for the introduction of evils among which none have wrought greater harm than the introduction of alcoholic beverages to what extent any one directly connected with missionary enterprise has ever been responsible for such a sad result we do not know but it does seem evident that the idea of pecuniary gain has not always been kept away from the missionary field the acquisition of lands for other than ecclesiastical purposes and traffic in native products offer a great temptation to the missionary some of whom have availed themselves of these advantages to the detriment of their legitimate work it is not always an easy thing for one to become so forgetful of himself in his efforts to bless others as to be in his life and work a perfect exemplar of the divine master whose kingdom he seeks to promote but whose kingdom is not of this world professor drummond in a speech in eighteen eighty eight among other important statements upon foreign missionary works made the following i was taught to believe that the essential to a missionary was strong faith i have since learned that it is more essential for him to have strong love i was taught out there in the missionary field that he needed to have great knowledge i have learned that more than knowledge even is required personal character i have met men in mission fields in different parts of the world who could make zealous addresses at evangelistic meetings at home who left for their fields of labor laden with testimonials from churches and sunday schools but who became utterly demoralized within a year's time because they had not learned that love is a greater thing than faith that is a neglected part of a missionary's education it seems to me and yet it is a most essential one i would say that the thing to be certain of in picking out a man for such a field as africa where the strain upon a man's character is tremendous and the strain upon his spiritual life owing to the isolation is more tremendous that we must be sure that we are sending a man of character and heart morally sound to the core with a large and brotherly sympathy for the native these are the words of professor drummond and in my opinion he spoke the exact truth and in making this quotation i am glad that it is from 
such an eminent authority one who could have no sinister motives for such utterances he does not arraign the missionaries as a whole but frankly states something that he had learned from observation the native african as a rule is virtuous and honest the uncivilized tribes in striving for the mastery among themselves commit many acts that would not be approved by the rules governing modern warfare deeds of cruelty that made the need of the gospel among them imperative but in their individual lives free from the exciting influence of war they have rules and customs governing their home life that are entirely in keeping with the highest state of christian civilization to them polygamy is not a sinful practice without light beyond that which comes from their own fireside they do not see the necessity of breaking away from a practice that is peculiar to mankind in the earliest stages of social life but they hold tenaciously to the rule that all men and all women among them must respect the matrimonial customs by which they are governed these customs cannot be violated with impunity and the penalty for such violations is often death they are disposed to be true to their professions and faithful in what they believe when they are persuaded that there is a better life and induced to embrace it they bring with them their characteristic sincerity how great then is the need of missionaries who will not by the deplorable example set by their own unfaithfulness and insincerity lower the standard of the native the spirit which impels one to work in the foreign field generally leaves him without a choice as to post of duty the first thought to him is lord what wilt thou have me to do and hence the missionary goes forth without questioning the race variety among which his lot should be cast but in this day of systematic method even in christian effort and when missionaries from every race variety are being prepared for the work i think it would not be out of place to maintain a closer respect for the laws of adaptation and fitness the religious field and especially the great continent of africa seems to offer the greatest opportunity for the man of color to do his best work as we stand in the open door of a new century god is calling us to new duties and responsibilities the preparation for this work was through a school of hard experiences but perhaps the trials were no harder than those which had been borne by others we waited long for the call to take our place among other agencies for the redemption of the world and now that it has come we have no time nor disposition to brood over past experiences our business is now with the exacting present and the portentous future and we must adjust ourselves to the new situation god is calling men of every race and clime to take a part in the world's redemption and face the responsibilities that come with the unfolding years if we are found ready and willing to take our place then may we claim the promise of his presence and help but if we are found to be unwilling and unworthy the call may not come to us again stretch forth thy hand jehovah bids thee come and claim the promise thou hast had thy doom if forth in sorrow weeping thou hast gone rejoicing to thy god thou shalt return stretch forth thy hand no longer doubt arise look see the signal in the vaulted skies greet the new century with faith sublime for god is calling now this is thy time stretch forth thy hand to god the night is past the morning cometh thou art free at last no brigands draw thee from thy peaceful home but messengers of love to greet thee come stretch forth thy hand to kindred o'er the sea our cause is one and brother still are we bone of our bone one destiny we claim 
flesh of our flesh thy god and ours the same stretch forth thy hand what though the heathen rage and fiends of darkness all their wrath engage the hand of god still writes upon the wall thy days are numbered all the proud shall fall stretch forth thy hand nor yet in terror flee thick darkness but a swaddling band shall be the waves and billows which thy way oppose shall in their bosom bury all thy foes stretch forth thy hand to god tis not for thee to question aught nor all his purpose see the hand that led thee through the dreary night does not thy counsel need when comes the light stretch forth thy hand stretch forth thy hand to god nor falter thou nor stumble at his word and if in service thou shalt faithful be his promise of salvation thou shalt see end of section twenty six